Hello, and welcome to The Block Explorer. I'm Colin Brightfield. Hey, folks. I'm Cash Upton. The Block Explorer is here to educate and inspire you about the world of crypto and NFTs. We'll do deep dives into critical concepts for understanding what's happening and discuss current events shaping the space. We're making this podcast for the curious, the free thinkers, and the change makers that propel us forward. As we embark on our adventures, remember that none of this is financial advice and crypto can be risky. In this episode, we interview our friend TR, who is building an amazing NFT project that's refi focused called Avano. Not just a refi project, but a refi like hub marketplace for being a regenerative force in the crypto art NFT world. Yeah. And TR is just an amazing guy. He has an amazing story. He was in the Peace Corps in Paraguay. And then he he was gotten to crypto. And now he's going back to Paraguay in the with wearing his refi hat and building out this project with, with regenerative finance and NFTs and NFTs that can earn essentially attestation of of carbon offsets using tokens. Yeah, I really liked where we dug deep with TR because a lot of the pushback we hear often is how does the on the ground data collection get verified and put on chain in a trusted way? And he said that was one of the biggest challenges they've been facing and how he shifted his business model to account for it not quite being ready yet, but also to build the systems that make it trusted and can bring all that data on chain. And so it's really cool to see that he's working right there at the front line of um, getting this verifiable, you know, internet of natural things like what we talked about with the Athena protocol and, and helping build a system so those can get put on chain verifiably. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, Cash, because it's the the organization and the foundational structure needs to be so robust, you know, and he he mentions, you know, decentralized, measurable and verifiable systems, right? Because you want to you don't want to have to necessarily trust a certain entity who's signing off on something, right? Because then we're kind of building in those same kind of uh, choke points of that are, you know, that are susceptible to risk or to fraud or to whatever. So, you know, we don't want to just transport all the same kind of issues that we already have in kind of the carbon market and kind of its obfuscation and it's not, you know, you know, the lack of transparency. We don't want to just continue that. We want to build something better. And so it's so cool that he's partnering with so many of the people that we've had as guests on our podcast that are our refi friends. And they're all working together to build this robust uh, structure essentially that needs that needs to be there so that we can then build all these other layers on, layers on top of it. And so I love this, you know, this uh, building block or money Lego or refi Lego uh, mentality and the, the idea of collaboration over competition that he really hit home as well. Yeah, real exciting episode. ITR, thank you for coming on the Block Explorer podcast today. We loved meeting you at the Ethereum Denver Conference Re- Refi Day, Regenerative Finance Day. So for people that don't know much about Web3 or blockchain, how would you explain them what you do at Avano and what ReFi is? Yeah, great questions. So Avano is an NFT marketplace for regenerative actions. And regenerative meaning that it brings more wealth than it extracts. So the entire concept of regenerative finance is to bring prosperity uh, into people's worlds and really value what ourselves and our society should be valuing, which is the preservation of nature, uh, equitable 
societal distribution of wealth and many other great values within our society. So Ivano has recently made a step back. Before we would say Avano is an NFT marketplace for incentivizing actions that increase and maintain native ecosystems. And this would be done through crowdfunding and a decentralized measurement and verification of regenerative actions that show the benefits and uh, measure and verify that a tree has been planted and the benefits from it. So clean air, clean water, et cetera. But now we've realized that the organizations that we're working with to build this decentralized surveillance solution are not yet ready to measure and verify these regenerative actions in a bit more time. So we're working with existing refi tokens and creating further liquidity on NFTs through existing coding, such as charge particles and uh, NFT standards. That's really cool. So our listeners are familiar with a few um, refi tokens like Clima, uh, for instance, locking away CO2. So what other tokens or protocols are you currently you know, using to make this come to fruition? Yeah. So any protocol on the Polygon blockchain uh, that has a token on there is what we're looking to encapsulate in this NFT layer. And now with charge particles and their uh, V2 that they just released, they're able to start charging any NFT with refi tokens. So uh, any person can come to our platform once we have it launched and put refi tokens like Clima, like BCT, like UBO, and other tokens that are on the Polygon ecosystem onto an NFT. These tokens allow for these NFTs to increase in value as they get charged. Charging meaning like they're tied to this NFT. And this creates a market value that an NFT has beyond what a traditional NFT has, which a traditional NFT, its value is that there's a piece of art attached to it. And this piece of art is worth something based upon that buyer's perspective. But now if you tie it, token to it, it also has this market value that's tied to this NFT. So what would you just tell people, how would you describe what charge particles is and how does that integrate with the functionality that you're building in? Yeah, so charge particles, it, uh, so AV is a decentralized arbitrage system where people are able to put into uh, a large set of tokens, uh, like percentage yield. So they put tokens in and it's able to be utilized as flash loans for people to do arbitrage with. These tokens earn interest over time as they're used for arbitrage. So they're used for these flash loans. Charge Particles partners with Aave and incorporates those tokens into their NFTs. So these tokens are now embedded and locked within the NFT for a set period of time that the user decides. So it could be one week or a month or a year or any period of time that is on the charge particles interface. If you're um, a non-technical user or if you're a technical user, you can just input a period of time and there you go. Um, these interest yield tokens then generate that yield on top of that NFT, increasing in value over time as that yield accumulated. 
It's also able to handle non-yield bearing tokens. So the refi tokens, a lot of them, minus Clima and a couple others are not yield bearing at this point in time. So it can handle those refi tokens and put them on that NFT layer. What we're wanting to do with this system is to utilize yield bearing tokens and sell off that yield to buy refi tokens, to accumulate refi tokens onto these NFTs, creating further holders of refi tokens. And when there are more holders of a token, it increases in value. So we're wanting to utilize this system to really help the refi ecosystem grow. Super cool. Okay, so as of right now, walk us through what what does it look like for a, a standard NFT on the marketplace to be a, a carbon neutral or in your in what you said, which we love, is actually regenerating, not just being the status quo, right? So they're actively regenerating. Um, so so what does that kind of standard mix of uh, you know refi or uh, yield tokens you know look like in that uh, charged particle uh, composability? Yeah. So. Polygon recently made the exciting announcement that it's going carbon neutral. So now any NFT that's created on Polygon is actually carbon neutral. Uh, and there's other blockchains like Algorand, Cardano, and a couple others that have already made this commitment to carbon neutrality. So when NFTs are created on those blockchains, they are carbon neutral. Uh, they're utilizing various mechanisms to offset their carbon production, like Polygon is utilizing Clima to offset their carbon production. And what we're looking to do is make it to where it's carbon negative, or as a couple other organizations like to call it, carbon positive, because it is offsetting more environmental impact than it actually produces. So with these refi tokens, a lot of them are tied to environmental impact. So uh, carbon credits are the most widely available refi token there. And these carbon credits are produced through uh, Vera, other third-party marketplaces that say, okay, this regenerative action happened, like this forest has been planted, and this is the amount of carbon that was sequestered through this forest. And then it brought it onto the blockchain. So what we're doing is we're loading these already carbon neutral NFTs with further carbon tokens or refi tokens. And all these tokens have a market value. So it increases the value of the NFT when this load occurs. And then with each of these transactions where a yield bearing token is sold, that yield is sold for refi tokens, each of those transactions is able to accumulate a little bit of resources. And we're channeling those resources now into a decentralized measurement and verification system, which we're uh, in the process of writing the description of, but it includes partnerships with organizations such as Shamba, Athena Equity, Orgo, uh, Basin, Moonjelly, and numerous other DAOs that are trying to build in an open source manner and decentralized manner, uh, each one with their different area of expertise like Shamba's satellite surveillance, Athena's IoT, but grouping them together as a collaborative unit that's able to create a decentralized measurement verification system for regenerative actions. So when we're creating this system, a bit of the wealth that gets created from charging these NFTs 
goes towards a shared treasury between all these organizations so that we can start building a DMRV that is able to be utilized by so many different regenerative finance organizations. That's fantastic. I really like that. Uh, when I talk to Refi with, with some people, one of their biggest qualms is the, um, the measurement and verify part, right? So um, what would you, what do you, how do you answer that question to people who are saying, well, if I'm going to invest in this, how do I know that it's actually regenerating this much um, carbon or something like that? Yeah, that is a very good concern for so many people to have right now because the transparency and verifiability of third-party marketplaces like Vera, uh, when it comes on the blockchain, is very hard for an average person to go from this is the thing that got tokenized back to the data that shows this is the action that occurred. So what we're trying to do is make that more uh, decentralized, transparent, and immutable when that data collection occurs and that data collection really backing those uh, regenerative actions. Right now, there's various organizations that are in the process of developing their own measurement and verification system, uh, Open Forest Protocol, which the organizations we mentioned are part of, uh, Regen Network, other organizations. And what we're looking to do is collaborate with those organizations and others in the building of this. Uh, surveillance system. So it would be of benefit not only to them because they're working with the same partners Zavano is looking to work with, but also many others into the future. Uh, so instead of everyone being scattered in their measurement verification, trying to develop it singularly, uh, collectively creating a better system. That's great. Yeah, we had Athena on a few episodes back and uh, they were very... Um they really help to shed some light on the internet of natural things and how they plan to be, a vi- you know, having sensors throughout uh, landscapes that then report this data back in a trusted and verifiable way. So I, I do you have anything else to say in terms of the, you know, how, how to ensure the data collected is what is being put on chain too. I mean, I, I know that you just kind of answered that, but just digging a little deeper, you know, that connection between the, the boots on the ground data being collected and what gets uploaded to the chain. Yeah. Uh, so this is the reason Nivano stepped back a bit is because we realized that it's not ready yet. These systems are not yet ready for uh, really portraying that these actions have occurred and the benefits from them. Uh, but there are organizations, like you mentioned, Athena and Orgo and Shamba, working towards the data collection and this data backing that is needed for these regenerative actions. And Ivana has been working closely with Athena since its uh, very initiation. And one of the projects that we're looking to deploy within the next couple months is in Paraguay. And I was a Peace Corps volunteer down there in Paraguay for numerous years. And um, have local connections. So what we're doing is we're just going to be testing out IoT devices down there in Paraguay for data collection on a national park. And this area is going to be showing the data that we're collecting from it. We'll be showing wildfire risk to that area, which is of heavy concern for them. And then we're going to be looking at how we can monetize uh, data collected from this. So this these incremental steps that Orgo, Shamba, and Athena are taking 
and many other organizations are taking in this MRB uh, entire process will lead us into a further and actual capable uh, MRB system that is able to be utilized to portray regenerative actions and the benefits from them. That's awesome. So it's, you're kind of like building the foundation here together that that is going to allow this ecosystem to really flourish. And uh, yeah, we, that's that's fascinating. So you mentioned that you were in the uh, the Peace Corps in Paraguay. So um, let's step back a little bit and talk about your background and how you got into Web3 and crypto and refi. So what's your what what is your story and and how did you get here? Yeah. So uh my story is very abnormal. Uh I, before the pandemic I was a Peace Corps volunteer and I was doing a Peace Corps Masters International where I was in Paraguay next to a lake where this lake was becoming eutrophic, meaning there was a lack of oxygen due to the amount of algae that was in this lake. And it was doing mass fish die-offs and killing the wetland that was downstream of this lake. So I realized that a lot of the contamination that was producing this algae was coming through misuse of land and forests being cut down all around this lake. So I was trying to really work with farmers there to under the Vera carbon credit scheme, get paid and realized that the government of Paraguay was pocketing a lot of the money that was needed to go to these farmers. And uh, the farmers in return, like the paperwork trail and documentation that a farmer would need to do in order to receive any funding from these uh, Red Plus and other carbon credit schemes uh, was so insurmountable for them that it was not even worth approaching. So uh, I was like, okay, how can we really do a local setup where farmers could get paid for active management of their land, which is like forest planting and uh, retaining these nutrients that are making this lake eutrophic. So I did a two-year study, which was valuing the economic value for nutrient retention and how that could potentially impact tourism and uh drinking water, and other economic values. And then publish that study outwards, trying to set up a water fund. And a water fund is like a, most of the time, it's a partnership between a public organization, like a nonprofit or something like that, and then the government uh, saying that this entire area needs to be paid for the actions that they're doing, which would be, in this case, retaining trees or planting trees. Uh, once I published that study, there was no action that happened from it. So I was like very disappointed as I showed that after two years, this was the amount of work that's been done, like hundreds of pages of work, uh, but no action. So I came back into the pandemic and was like, okay, how do I proceed into the future? Uh, I've seen that like Red Plus and these carbon credit schemes are not viable for small scale farmers. And small-scale farmers and some private landowners are like the people that are needing to be impacted by these ecosystem service programs to be able to uh, really make regenerative action feasible. And so I stepped back from that entire world and started trading stocks because I didn't want to enter like a normal day job. And uh, after like a year of trading stocks, I every day being like on stock exchanges and looking at what stocks needed to be traded. Um, 
I made a good return, but I wasn't fulfilled in where I needed to be. And meanwhile, whilst creating these stocks, I was diving more and more into crypto and uh, learning more and more about that. And then realized that all these different cryptocurrencies are building blocks for new economic futures. And these building blocks can be assembled together to create really any economic reality that we'd like to see. And that was really inspiring for me. So ended up releasing a token just through like a dxsale.app, which is like a token generator and said, okay, this token, like a purpose for it is to plant trees. And within two months, we were able to plant 4,500 certified trees. And uh, these, this was all over the world. So Madagascar, Chile, et cetera, and really saw the environmental impact from that. And through that, I was reaching out to so many different organizations like decentralized AI organizations and uh, talking with various people and ended up getting connected with uh, people from Three Commas, which is Three Commas is one of the largest cryptocurrency trading platforms for automated trading like bot trading. And then uh, Google and Earth64. And Earth64 recently just came out with a whole new set of NFT technology uh, that is connected to the earth and has like transactional properties, which are very different than anything that has come up before. Uh, and these people inspired the vision for what a bond is becoming and, uh, working together with them and their brains allowed me to really delve deeper into the cryptocurrency world. So before that, I was just an environmentalist struggling with how can we really make impact with this world? And uh, then stepping more and more into this technology side where technology and cryptocurrency, there's so much wealth being passed around left and right that a bit of it, like if a fraction of percent of the NFT trades that happen on OpenSea or Rarible were used, uh, that money was used to support environmental action, that would be supporting enough environmental action to really offset the environmental impact of so many different blockchains and cryptocurrencies. So uh, that thought really made me think more about all this. And that's where I got connected with the regenerative finance movement. And I really found that there were so many other people in the same mindset, which had all these different ideas that this is how we can create environmental impact. And yeah, created an entire community and ecosystem around me of support that I can tap into for collaboration and idea swapping and further brainstorming. You hit on it a little bit back when you're talking about the building blocks to be assembled and um, kind of a good lead into, you know, in your mind, how would you describe to our listeners regenerative crypto economics? Because, you know, refi is something that is being passed around a lot, but, you know, what is it and how does it work? And, and, you know, where do you see it growing even further? Yeah. So building blocks, uh, going back into that concept, all of these new systems that we're creating can be utilized to create new economic futures and realities for what we want. Regenerative finance is really looking for environmental equity and social equity and redistribution of wealth to enable a preservation and conservation and regenerative regeneration 
of our ecosystem all over the world. So uh, there's so many different economic schemes that can lead to regeneration. Uh, the current most prevalent scheme that's being portrayed in the regenerative finance system is carbon credits, uh, which is sort of like carbon tunnel vision because that's uh, all that's being focused on. But there's also uh, like water quality, soil quality, uh, social impact, biodiversity, and all these things that be can become units of market value. And uh, it just needs communities and uh, organizations and thought leaders to really come about to create these new systems that can then be portrayed on blockchains as new tradable assets. Cool. And then, you know, to just expand on that a little further, those building blocks are, you know, what the decentralized finance tools were, you know, creating, right? So, so what you're then talking about is leveraging them in yield farms or staking and be able to do financial uh, decentralized protocols with regenerative actions being taken. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, uh, DeFi has shown the capability of creating APYs and APRs that are out of this world. Uh, if we're able to leverage these sorts of systems in a non-degenerative way, but a regenerative way, uh, it can lead to so many people being so enthusiastic about the potential that this technology has. And um, yeah, I can see this reality being formed before my eyes, like during East Denver, where we all met, um, I was smiling because I saw these are the people that uh, are leading the creation of this new future for us. And yeah, it was very inspirational in that way. Yeah, we were we were all beaming that day. Uh, we we had Jade on our podcast a few episodes ago too, and NF Treehouse just launched. So that was exciting too, to see that in real life tree planting happening through NFTs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, NF Treehouse, uh, Endangered Tokens, and uh, Clima is what Ivana's treasury is currently uh, in. And yeah, we're we're putting our money where our mouth is. Like, uh, we want to support these refi uh, tokens to be able to create new economic futures. And uh, we've been enabled to do so through other groups like Gitcoin and Giveth uh, through their grant donations to really focus in on what we're doing and how we're getting to get there. And then in two days, we'll be talking with charge particles as to how we're envisioning on utilizing their platform for further supporting regenerative action as well. That's awesome. So you, you re recently wrapped up, you mentioned uh, your Gitcoin uh, funding round. So um, how, I guess it went pretty well. What are you, so what exactly are you going to use those funds for? Yeah, so those funds are uh, going to be utilized for rewriting our white paper uh, because we've stepped back from where we used to be and then uh, potentially hiring of a developer for this NFT layering solution. Uh, myself, coming from an environmental background, I am not great at coding. Uh, I can read some code, but it's not going to be up to par with what isn't going to be needed to be there. Um, so those are probably the main ways in which we're going to be approaching 
those grant funds. And then we're going to be approaching other blockchains for further ecosystem support and development. Um, yeah, right now, Avano is like very nascent organization and uh, it's very exciting to see the potential behind it and then how we're creating community and uh, people that believe in the collective vision is uh, what needs to happen in order to enable these visions to become reality. Super cool. Um, I need to do a bit deeper dive into charged particles, but um, have you heard of the remark protocol? Because it, it kind of reminds me of some of the utility that you're looking for. Yeah, I was actually just looking at uh, remark this morning and um, I need to do a deeper dive on remark. So it seems like there on Kusama have similar functionality as charged particles uh, and some of the things that they, they do, uh, but potentially further composability and uh, cross-blockchain operability. And I think that's something worth mentioning is like Avano uh, is really looking for cross-blockchain operability. Like we're not wanting to be stuck on one blockchain. I think that's similar to a lot of different regenerative finance organizations and the tokens that they have out. They don't want it to just be on Polygon. They want it to be cross-blockchain. So Algorand, uh, and near and cardano and other blockchains that are already showing their climate and environmental commitment they want to be able to transition to get further activity on those blockchains as well that's awesome yeah uh, we, we had uh the founder of remarka uh, bruno on uh the podcast last week and it was it was just fascinating to, to hear what they're what they're building so um we'll send you the link for that episode if you want to dive deeper with that um so how would you define your core values at Avano and then how do those values influence what you're building? Yeah. So the core values are really about the regenerative finance movement and the values that the regenerative finance movement has, which is revaluing of our monetary system to values that we actually believe in. So the environment, uh, climate change action and mitigation for reduction of carbon emissions and uh, revaluing of ecosystem services so that it's able to put these ecosystem services in a way that really highlights how important these are to the health and well-being of humanity. So all those supported by a community and this community is leading the way in how we think about how we approach these sorts of systems and working with collaborating with different refi organizations. So one of the phrase that is in refi that I really like is out collaborate the competition. And it's just showing how important it is for us to really fulfill the niches that we need to fulfill dive into and collaborate with others that are within our realm to enable us to progress further and further with this sort of action. Yeah, I really like that a lot. And um, it was a great podcast that uh, Timo from Basin Dow had uh, Dave Fortson from Regen Network and Loa Labs on recently. And he was talking a lot about how refi is, you know, 
more than just the there are ecological environment, but it's also our human element too, and it's our community element, and it's our relationships, and and that um, if we understand that, then you know it, it it is like just like you said, out collaborate the competition is like we're, we're in this movement together, and uh, the human element is just as important, if not even more important. And I, so I really like that you said that in your what you just said, how to describe Ivano that it's a it's a community, it takes a village. And uh, we have, you know, we, we have a sense of urgency that requires a community uh, to get things done. Yeah, I mean, uh, our economy only functions because it's a collective belief from humans. Humans are the core element in making any of these economic uh, thought processes work and function. Uh, so building a community that believes in these values together is how we can create these new economic realities. Are there other projects that you're uh, working on right now at, at Avana that you're really excited about that you could share with us or success stories kind of that? So mention the Paraguay project and uh, going into more collaboration, we're looking to be working with Basin Dow and Ogallala uh, in their measurement and verification. So uh, these Two organizations are looking to utilize the same partners of Shamba, Athena, uh, Orgo that Avana would be looking to utilize for when we think this uh, surveillance system is working. So the knowledge set that I bring into this space is just right now I'm in New Zealand because I'm getting a PhD in environmental economics. And the knowledge set that I've gained is ecosystem services and what these different ecosystem services are in an academic standpoint and how we could potentially tie monetary value to them. So working with these organizations to really identify what the surveillance system is capable of at this point in time and tokenization of ecosystem services that they're able to measure and verify have occurred. I, I wonder if from a broader pers- like view, you see this being uh, available for people on a on a smaller, broader scale. Um, like what you said about the Paraguay, like the smaller farmer. Um, you know, how do you see the implementation of these um, these measurement systems? You know, actually happening across the board. Yeah, and I. Th- that goes back into how we're funding for these regenerative actions to happen. Uh, so what Ivano initial idea was, was to create a fork of Gitcoin uh, where it's crowdfunding for regenerative actions to occur, where any person, any entity could come into the marketplace, propose a regenerative action that they would like to have supported. And then the general crypto community can come and fund for these regenerative actions to occur. Um, and the funding is needed to take place, like funding for these regenerative actions is needed to take place before the farmer or small scale entity is going to be able to do these regenerative actions because it does take, uh, economic wealth and resources to be able to have that happen. Uh, once we have an adequate surveillance system set up. Once that funding is distributed, we're able to measure and verify that a tree has been planted or a forest has been conserved, and then measure and verify the ecosystem services that 
team light from them. So these ecosystem services like uh, air quality, water quality, soil quality, and all that can have a financial value. And then those financial values in return for that funding can be traded in that marketplace. And that creates a system which scales its ability to support uh, regenerative action. From your point of view, um, you see, you mentioned, you know, some one of this, one of the challenges is, you know, some of the um, tech stack essentially to pull some of this stuff off is still kind of in development and you're still building that out. Um, so, but for, for more of like a um, outside looking in, what do you think are some of the biggest misunderstandings or misconceptions people have about the public goods space or the, or the refi space? I think all these concepts are so new to a majority of people that we need to do a lot better in our education of what refi is. And that's block Explorer, uh, climate X crypto and other organizations are helping to do that uh, because they get listeners that are potentially brand new to refi come in and start exploring documentation around it. Uh, I think some of the misconceptions could be about, uh, that refi is only about carbon and carbon sequestration and mitigation. And I think a lot of different organizations in the refi space are doing a good job at highlighting how important other ecosystem services are. So uh, I think that could be one misconception, but also uh, that refi is only about ecosystem services and supporting ecosystem services. Uh, regenerative finance could be about so much more than ecosystem services. It could be about how corporations go about their functioning to reduce and reuse and recycle. It could be about uh, building more efficient systems for transportation or um, anything that uses material resources and really embodying what regenerative finance and web two and traditional space has been and the concepts around that to build new crypto economies. Yeah, we, we definitely agree with that carbon tunnel vision as uh, you know, something that needs to continue to be addressed and um, not just the, the only piece of the puzzle. Uh, I liked what you said about corporate responsibilities and you know, recycling. Where would you see Avano as, as having a, a secondary um, you know, climate solution token if we're not talking carbon? Like, um, is there a secondary um, option that is on your guys' roadmap? Yeah. So initially what we're doing is we're supporting existing refi tokens, but once our surveillance system that we were collaborating with other organizations on is to the point where we think it's able to start creating its own tokens, uh, what we're looking to do is utilize NFTs as data storage units. So we'll be able to channel information and data about water, soil, air into this NFT. And then all those data metrics have numeric values to them. And these numeric values, like going back into the carbon, 20 tons of carbon sequestered and then produced 20 carbon tokens or water, like 10 water quality units that have been improved 
and produce 10 water tokens. But it's up to that NFT holder to really decide which one uh, they want to create tokens with. So creating liquidity pools that enable these NFT holders to start minting tokens from these NFTs that are tied to regenerative actions. And this creates really good opportunities in uh, potentially arbitrage uh, and market valuation of different ecosystem services uh, and the whole vast potential for the community to really decide how they want to make new tokens appear. We're excited to see more than just carbon be addressed, because like you said, water quality, air quality, and, and then what Colin mentioned is the um, social side of it, right? So um, the, the the building of communities and relationships. So besides the environmental ecological um, benefits, what do you see as some of the social benefits that Avana is working towards, but also just as uh, blockchain technology as a whole can provide to people? Yeah. Uh, so going back into the token uh, generation events, it's going to be very hard for us to utilize IoT, satellite, or georeference imagery from boots on the ground to identify social impacts. That needs to be more done through like surveying of the society that's getting impacted by these regenerative actions. What we can do is localize where these impacts have occurred. So create certain liquidity pools for South America, Asia, Africa, and uh, different ecosystem services tied to each of those areas to really show what this market value is worth in this certain area for this regenerative action to happen. And when we start doing that, we can start utilizing these systems to redistribute wealth. So when we redistribute wealth to actors in Africa, which are in implementing uh, tree planting or other regenerative actions, that helps to to create more societal equity globally. So it's uh, from these people that are able to afford cryptocurrency in their everyday life and start buying these tokens and supporting regenerative actions to happen. That redistribu redistribution can then go to impoverished communities and other communities that could potentially tap into uh, these new systems. And that doesn't come without barriers. Like there's going to be exponential barriers in uh, people utilizing their smartphones, or if they don't have smartphones, being helped by organizations to become part of these systems. And um, a lot of the countries also don't have that great of policy around cryptocurrencies. So how can we distribute wealth from a fiat perspective, which has been generally agreed upon for the world uh, to enable these people to do regenerative actions and then create uh, crypto systems around that as well. Yeah, you uh, make up some really good points there. Um, I want to pull on that uh, regulation question a little bit is like, how, how do you um, think regulation could affect what you're what you're building at Avano? And, and then how are you um, building some strategies around that? Oh, regulation has already affected what we're building at Ivano. Uh, we're not uh, creating new tokens or NFTs right now because uh, regulation around all those things is so obscure in the United States area that we would need to establish a new legal entity somewhere like the Caymans or elsewhere that has better, or Switzerland, for example, 
Switzerland is a great example because it has clear policy guidelines around cryptocurrency and how it's going to be regulated. There's a bunch of organizations like the Crypto Valley there uh, that say, okay, this is how you issue an NFT. This is how you issue tokens. If there were clear guidelines within the United States, Avana would not have to move its operations once it's ready to Switzerland or other elsewhere. Uh, it could just stay in the United States. But because of the obscurity and injustices around how laws have been applied uh, in the past, uh, it makes it very unnerving for Avano to have a legal entity that touches crypto in the United States, which is why we're just working on an NFT layer. So it's just coding that ties tokens to NFTs at first. And then once that surveillance system that we've been talking about is ready, we'll be moving our operations overseas to where we're able to establish token systems, NFTs, et cetera. Wow, that's that's uh, that's fascinating, and it's also a a, a good uh, uh, motivation for our for our regulators and our lawmakers to uh, get up with, to get up to speed with the times and and have more favorable regulation around this kind of stuff because it'd be great to have that kind of stuff in the U.S. So is it is that is that a common story you run into in the in the refi uh, space? Is that people are building their things overseas? Yep. It's a very common story, not only in the refi space, but cryptocurrency in general. Uh, people are migrating their organizations to areas that have favorable cryptocurrency or at least transparent cryptocurrency laws and regulations. Uh, and that creates like. If these businesses were to operate in the United States, the United States could benefit from the taxes accumulated from these businesses, businesses and uh, further economic wealth and prosperity from that. Uh, but all these businesses migrating to areas different than the United States creates an economic draw from that United States area to all these other areas. So I think it's definitely something that the regulators and policymakers should consider more thoroughly and uh, really start establishing uh, more favorable and transparent laws and regulations around. And then what could, if, if you could tell me like which countries are uh, or places are, are people uh, tend to, tending to uh, migrate to? Yeah. Uh, so if you have a good amount of financial wealth, like it is around thirty to $50,000, uh, you could be going to Switzerland. If you don't have that much, uh, you could go to Singapore. Uh, and Singapore is like a good inter-realm. It's where a lot of NFTs, metaverses are starting to be their organizations starting to be hosted at if you're uh really just wanting like low to no tax on the system that you set up uh the cayman islands virgin islands and other marriott's etc are areas where organizations are going to so that they can avoid the taxes being placed upon their systems uh and still be able to issue nfts and tokens got it got it yeah so the the re regulation question is a, is a big is a big issue um that you're highlighting right now so as far as other challenges facing uh the web3 crypto industry what do you what do you see as like the, the other biggest challenges right now yeah um uh, so in refi in particular like i'm an environmentalist i work with environmentalists in my research talking with environmentalists and approaching them to become part of the Web3 space. There's so many misconceptions about 
well, not misconceptions, because it's a reality that blockchains have had environmental impact. Uh, and being able to embrace what has happened previously in, the, in terms of environmental impact and energy consumption and showing like these are new systems that are being set up that are addressing these problems and the potential behind the technology uh, for environmentalists to come and really approach it. And then also like artists, uh, I'm currently living in the exchange of Christchurch and the exchange building is an artist residency. So it has people from uh, painters, sculptors, et cetera, in this space. And right now they're in the process of transitioning to become an in real life DAO for artists and being able to have artists really wrap their minds around and comprehend like, this is why NFTs are valuable for me. Uh, royalties, that entire setup uh, is really hard and educating people around Web3, crypto, refi. Uh, and onboarding them in a process that enables them to become active contributors is going to be a learning process and something that is still in its infancy in terms of our space. We're on kind of on that side of education. So, you know, what what gaps would you say, you know, are in that education and, and like how could we how could we as a community, you know, get better at that? Yeah. Uh, so. Block Explorer, other podcasts that are able to be listened to in traditional platforms like Spotify, um, YouTube, et cetera, help to educate people from the non-Web3 space to become part of the Web3 space and really gain interest in that. Uh, in terms of developers, there's so much resources that could potentially be created for uh, making Web2 developers capable of coding in Web3. Uh, Rabbit Hole is one example of people getting knowledge in the Web3 space, but not exactly coding expertise. There's, um, I think it's ETH Run or something like that, where it has more developer-focused uh, actions and really creating a resource list for the different organizations that have set up in the Web3 space to show their people that I'm onboarded into their Discord channels is something that I'd like to see more of with the different communities that I've become part of. And I think that would help for more people to become part of this space. Great list of tools. And we'll we'll try to keep updating those on our website because I I appreciate that you call us a, an educational force. That's what we're really trying to be and onboard people into the space and, and get people excited about everything that you've been talking about today is, is really what gets us excited. Uh, zooming out a little bit, um, what's your primary focus right now and, and how can our listeners support you? How can we help uh, the mission uh, progress? Yeah, so our primary focus is going to be for an NFT crowdfunding campaign to occur, which this NFT crowdfunding campaign will be the initial starting seed of this surveillance solution working together cross-organizationally. So we're involving actors from Shamba, Athena, Orgo, Moonjelly, OFP, uh, Basin, Ecolabs, all sorts of different regenerative finance people to co-create an NFT fundraiser crowdfunding campaign that would be utilized, these funds would be utilized to start incentivizing cross-organizational collaboration in the development of the surveillance solution. 
and it's going to be launched on Polygon. So it's going to be sort of like a mirror.xyz uh, where it has the details about the crowdfunding campaign and what levels you can support at and what these funds are going to be used for, what the NFTs give access to and their utility. And then uh, I think that's really going to be publicly spread within Avano's social medias, but also all these different refi organizations that we're partnering with to create this surveillance system that is decentralized and is working towards these things that we've been talking about. Oh, that's exciting. Definitely keep us in the loop. We want to help support that and, and help it launch. Uh, just one last clarification for our listeners. Um, Acorn and Avano, if they're trying to find you previously, was that what you were originally going by? And is Avano kind of the new heading? Yeah, we've had many name iterations uh, so far. So uh, you might have noticed with my email, the email is hardwood stablecoin because uh, when I was very new to this space, I was trying to create a stable coin based upon the value of living lumber held on private landowner's property, uh, but then really re realized the regulatory issues behind issuing stable coins and what could potentially go wrong in the SR system. And then we had Acorn as a second iteration of names, and Acorn was this uh, marketplace for incentivizing regenerative actions. And then uh, stepping back from that and really revisioning what we could be, we've now become Avano. And Avano is what we've been talking about and also embracing what Acorn's vision was and combining all that into this new organization, which is now called Avano. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's in true uh, Web3 fashion where you're just iterating and iterating. And also, um, as the space you know, is so emergent and new tools and new people enter, new talent comes in and new ideas get bubbled up to the surface. I mean, that's kind of like the name of the game, right? Is to be agile and um, be fluid, fluid with our ideas because there's so much change happening right now. So yeah. um, I think that also goes into like listening to your community as well. And that's part of the reason why like we changed our name from Acorn is because so many different community members were saying Acorn does not embrace like the full vision of the ideas that you all have. And uh, we have together as a community. So what are other names that we could potentially do? So we did a naming competition where there was like 20 different names that were out there and logos. And then the community, there was like 250 different votes on the different names that were uh, portrayed and 20 different naming options. And then Avano was the one that won out of all of those. So it yeah, really goes to show the power of community and uh, the community working together in these collective visions. Yeah. Yeah, we we love that the um community is what is what really can deliver like these amazing hive mind solutions. So um we're gonna wrap up here, but I just want to ask you a couple couple last couple things. Um what advice would you have for someone that's new to the refi space? They're just hearing about regenerative finance just now and they're excited about it or they're curious and they wanna um get involved or contribute. What what advice would you have? Yeah, go to uh, the refi DAO and the refi DAO is a DAO of DAOs where all these different regenerative finance organizations have come to and said, okay, we'll be part of this discord server and like really embrace other people that would like to become part of this refi movement. And 
in this refi DAO space, you'll be able to find maps portraying how many different organizations are working in the, this movement and what particularly they, they're working on. Uh, I can also share like a mind map right now with you all, uh, if you that helps to uh, share with your listeners. And um, through that, there's like Twitter and descriptions of these different organizations um, that people can learn more about and become part of. And then another like comment is, and this is the same with Web3 and crypto, is like you don't have to just work with one organization. You can work with organizations that call to you. So in typical business uh, work terms, you usually just work with one organization. But if in Web3, it's common to work cross-organizationally with so many different organizations and not just be tied to one organization in particular. Yeah, there's so many opportunities to collaborate, right? Out-collaborate the competition. So make yourself like a DAO and get involved with all the different things that you can. Um, do you have anything else you want to um, share with our listeners before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. I think uh, just check out Ivano's social media. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, uh, just join our Discord and we'd be happy to talk with anyone interested and supporting these visions to become new futures and yeah, any clarifying questions, et cetera. Happy to help and yeah, learn in this educational process. Awesome. You heard it there, folks. Go to avano.io on Twitter. And yeah, we're really excited to see when uh, you launch with that collaborative partnership. And um, we love that you're doing regenerative actions, not just offsetting the status quo. So good on you, sir. And uh, thanks so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you all. Yeah, yeah. And I like your new haircut, but now you're going to have to change your refi punk. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to regrow it out. So it'll be just like the refi punk. Okay, cool. All right, good to know. All right, thanks yeah. so much, TR. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a rating and a review. We'd like to give a big thank you to our friend Matthew Patrick Donner, who's responsible for the Block Explorer production, including music, mixing, and editing. Thanks for exploring the world of blockchain with us. Crypto is changing the world, and we're here to make sure that you're ready. Please subscribe to our podcast and do share this with any of your environmental skeptic friends or family. We look forward to sharing our next episode with you. Cheers. Cheers.